Hey, Studio DNA fans. I'm Chad, a new podcast host here on the network. I'd like to invite you to check out my new show called Hot Takeout, where I mix together some of my favorite things, fast food and musical artists. When you listen, you'll get that feeling you have when you get an onion ring in the bottom of your french fries. It's a win. We'll dig deep with the artists. We'll find out what inspires them and what foods they have to stay away from. And we're also playing fast food games, which will also make sense when you listen. So check out the Hot Takeout podcast streaming right now here on the Studio DNA podcast network live from a bunker in the heart of the ozarks a podcast that promises to surround you and walk into this podcast so no pop culture bullies can hurt you it's sif pop Right now. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's my zealous and zany co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Are you going to go numbers after this? Who knows what's going to happen. All right. It's a, it's a wild, magical world. Ahoy! Each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Good to see you, man. You as well. Always good to get together uh, and chat a little bit about pop culture. Yeah, it feels like it's been forever since I've seen you. Uh, at least a week. At least a week. Um, at least. At least. I, you know, it's interesting because we are entering the doldrums. There's a couple movies here or there that we're going to be excited to talk about. Uh, but for the most part, until we get to I'm gonna say season, no, like November-ish... Yeah, um, it's gonna be kind of slim pickings. We'll keep talking about movies, and thank you oh, for yeah. joining us as we talk about the slim pickings. Um, but uh, it's gonna be a lot yeah. of filler episodes. <laughs> but here's what I like about the filler episodes, and this is why I bring it up: the producer filler episodes, the producer fill, filler <laughs> fill up fill. What was it? Filler filler. Yes, yeah. the producer filler episodes. Yeah, that's hard to say because I said episodes. Yeah, you did. Um, the thing I like about it is that it feels almost a little more organic. It feels like when we're doing all the big summer releases, it's like everybody's talking about this and everybody's talking about this, and now we're getting into stuff where it's like yeah there's this movie out called good boys and we're going to talk about it but it feels a little more like hey let's talk about this movie that not everybody's talking about you know yeah. what i mean so it's kind of fascinating is in that way it chapter two like the next big movie yeah probably that is probably that's the next like, like, september yeah that's, september 6 yeah. september yeah, 6 it's a couple weeks away but um but yeah so i, I don't know I, there's something i like about that it feels a little more grassroots or authentic or something. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's been, an, I've had enough of the big budget, big posters, you know, that kind of talk because it feels like everybody is saying a lot of the same things about those movies. And now we're getting into movies that people, you know, not, there's not as many voices. Does that make sense? Do you think the fact that this has just been an awful year for movies? Well, that's true as well. I mean, it's been, been rough yeah like all the movies we were so psyched for and like there's no way this is going to be bad turned out to be really bad 2019 (laughs) man i'm not a fan i'm not a fan of 2019 in movies can we go back to 2018 it was so good. Let's just do that year over. Again. 2018 was so good. I would. I would, in most weekends I would choose whatever was playing last year over whatever was playing this year. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much the case. Uh, I am excited for this show, though. I do. I do uh, look forward to talking about this movie with you. I'm excited to hear what you thought. Oh yeah. Uh, about Good Boys. We've also got a giveaway that we're doing today. Look at all these. Well, this is an audio podcast, Andrew. But uh, we do tell have that the, to YouTube. <laughs> we do have the Blu-rays in front of us, uh, giving away three. Jordan Peele packs, uh, award packs. So a Blu-ray of us and a Blu-ray of Get Out. Uh, so we'll be doing that. And of course, we've got our buried treasure. We've got a Sift Quest about uh, directors going outside a genre, which should be fun. Best ever good movies, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is an interesting way to say that. Best yeah. ever good movies. Um, someday maybe we'll do best ever great movies. Who knows? Ooh. Uh, but uh, we'd like to kick it off with some Do We Care? Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide, do we care or not? Number one, Universal has decided to fully cancel the release of their finished film, The Hunt, in the wake of this month's mass shootings. It sucks that I actually have to say this month's mass shootings. It does very much suck. Yeah, it's it is uh, obviously not. I don't think this is the place to go into 
the political ramifications, you know, all those kind of things. But it is interesting to talk about this kind of stuff in the light of pop culture. It's a studio decision. So it, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's absolutely 100% their right to make whatever decision they want to make. Um, I find it fascinating what will impact, you know, art and how art corresponds to the real world and what, you know, I, I mean, for them... The money has pretty much all been spent, right? Yeah. So from a financial aspect, I mean, I guess that's not a, that's not a hundred percent true, but you know, as far as ROI, they've already invested a lot of money. They've already paid the actors, you know, director and that kind of stuff. Although I don't know what deals are in place, there may be points, which that's an interesting thing, right? Because then you've got actors or directors who may have points on the release that are like, now I don't get any of that money. You know that kind of thing. I don't so, think for a movie like this you're going to get. I, I don't point. think so either. I'm just. I think I'm trying points to, are reserved for like big, bigger names in the industry. Totally agree. Totally agree. I'm just trying to kind of cover all the angles. Sure. It, what I'm saying is, uh, as far as a financial decision, it doesn't make any sense, right? Like a financial decision oh, yeah. would be just throw it out there, make at least a few bucks back, that kind of thing. So there is part of me that's like way to go for not making just a solely financial decision. But then there's also part of me that goes, are we not grown ups? Like, are we not, can we not view something and also exist in a world where reality is awful and understand the difference? Um, It's, I don't know, there's a line somewhere, right? There's a line somewhere, but I just, I don't know that I've ever seen Hollywood draw it this starkly. Now that comes without having seen the movie at all. Yeah. Um, I think it was Sony. It wasn't Universal who did uh, the interview. Remember yes. the Seth Rogen, but that was, James Franco. But that was a little bit different because that was like international. It was international. Yeah, know, but I'm like talking about you know like I'm talking about more like you know the Hollywood industry reacting to a political you know event or something yeah. like that. So yeah, they ended up releasing the interview. Obviously, unfortunately, because. <laughs> movie's bad but um <laughs> i remember there was being there a, were some people who would disagree with you yeah, on that by the way i know there's a lot of people who would but uh going back to this i don't think they really should have you know i think they should have go went ahead and released it because it's not glorifying from what i understand this is kind of like a modern take on the most dangerous game Right. Which is a great book, by the way. Um, which is, you know, a commentary on, you know, like it's a it's a social stature commentary. It's not about gun violence, you know. Yeah, so, and I think again, I haven't seen it, but I would think contextually you could release it in a way that was respectful. You could release it in a way and say, "Hey, this is a piece of art that was made before yeah. these things happened." Yeah. Um, this is, you know, dark material. It is material that will, I think you could talk about the triggers of it. You could talk about, you know, this, this may, uh, trigger you if you're related to somebody who's been in a mass shooting, those kind of things. I think that's important anyway, but I, you know, canceling it is just, it's an interesting decision to me. And I wonder what other factors we don't know about may have played into it. I have a feeling that somewhere down the line, they're going to release this movie somewhere. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, the last time I can remember something like this happen, happening was the Louis C.K. movie, right? Uh, that yeah. Was a, that was a couple years ago. That I totally understood because you're dealing with... Uh, he was going to be actually being paid and stuff right. like that. Right. He was going to profit in a lot of ways from it. And it was it was very uncomfortable. I've seen the movie because they had sent out the screeners before they pulled the movie. Yeah. So, um, so I have seen it. Uh, and it would have been a very uncomfortable process to try and figure out how to promote that movie knowing what was coming out about him yeah. and what's in the movie and it was just it was a very weird situation and i don't blame them at all for going that eh, we're out yeah um but this feels a little different this feels like you had a chance to actually i don't know say something interesting about this and still release somebody's art but then again i have no idea because i've never seen it yeah. So it's it's hard for me to really say. Sure. But it's an interesting topic. I'm glad you brought it up. Number two. Number two. Russell Brand is going to be joining the cast of Agatha Christie's film 
Death on the Nile. Ooh. And I know you... I didn't even know are, Agatha Christie was a director. I know. <laughs> I mean, she's getting up there in age. <laughs> she she, she really is. But you know what? She's still, you know, kicking around, so good yeah, for her. good for her. Uh, yeah, Death on the Nile. I know you're super stoked for this. I am very yeah. excited. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. I, I, he can keep making Poirot movies as long as yeah. the sun shines on his life. Uh, it was I, a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm 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 excited for this, and I'm excited that Russell Crowe's in it. I'm excited to see Russell Brand. Uh, Russell Brand, yes. Uh, so I'm excited. The Brit, Russell, not the Brit, not the Aussie. And if, and if Russell Crowe's in it, I'm excited for that too. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I know this is this is this is this year, right? This is this next year. Oh, it's next year. Why they did pushed I feel, it back? Oh, okay. They got pushed. Yeah. I was gonna say I thought I talked about it, it was as supposed one of to my come out somewhere around Christmas or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But it got pushed. I don't like when movies get pushed. That that worries me a little bit. But I mean, there are many reasons, so I'm I'm not going to worry. Yeah, no reason to worry. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like I like Russell Brand. I do too. I like him so much that sometimes I call him Russell Crow. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar winner Russell Brand Crow. <laughs> it's right. Number three. Number three. <laughs> the people have. Sp- Spoken. They have heard you, Sift Poppers, and it is now happening. Harry Styles has stepped down from playing Prince <laughs> Eric and the Little Mermaid in wake of all of your comments and cheers and uproar, saying that producer Phil is the one and only Prince Eric. Call, uh, call me Disney. I'm available. Yes, he is. Oh, man. You know there's going to be somebody out there who's going to deep fake Phil on <laughs> on the finished product. I welcome that. Yeah. For sure. Actually, I welcome Phil actually playing so he gets, you know, the money for it. Sure. Hey, yeah. listen, if they want to go that route, I'm just telling them it's not a good idea. Not because <laughs> Phil couldn't do it, but because of the age gap, I'm just saying. <laughs> how old are you, Phil? I'll be 40 next 40? month. Yeah. yeah. And so how old is the girl who's going to be? She's like what 19 uh if you find a 27 year old then you're good <laughs> that's that's the rule half your age plus half, seven right i thought it was half plus eight but maybe it is half plus seven yeah half it's somewhere this around is there. a rule we shouldn't need by the way <laughs> yes. this is this is an unfortunate rule <laughs> yeah uh so anyways who do you think's gonna play i mean do you think they'll find i think they should find an unknown that's that's my or a, a very low known at least yeah. um because i think that's uh, christopher Plummer. <laughs> Yes, if you're the, gonna go the go unknown all youngster Christopher Plummer. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, uh, 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 an unknown. I mean, it's not like Prince Eric is gonna be like a a real a drawing factor for See, this that's movie. What I'm saying you don't need the, the more they realize you don't actually need star power to drive these things. You just mm. need the correct actor or actress in the role. Yeah, I think the better that I mean these things people are gonna buy tickets to these things just because of the nostalgia. That is the driving factor. Yeah, it's not like they're going. Uh, are you? Do you want to go see the Little Mermaid? Well, who's in it? Right. No, yeah. nobody's saying that. <laughs> nobody's saying that. Mm. I'll go see it if if so and so is in it. Like, if Ryan Gosling ends up playing Prince Eric, then yeah, I'll definitely be in it. You know, I'm not saying those things don't have an impact. I'm just saying they are not the primary motivator for most people. No. Um. And I and I think Harry Styles was a good choice. I really do, actually. But uh, but you know, we'll see what happens because he's out. Yeah. And I'm in. And you're in. <laughs> you're in, Phil. That's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Very nice. Well, let's get into the movie review. We're going to talk a little bit about Good Boys. I'm having a party tomorrow. You in? Yeah. Can Thor and Lucas come? They're so random. They're my best friends. We do everything together. There's going to be girls at the party. You know what that means? Drama. No. Kissing. You do not want to go to Soren's party not knowing how to kiss. We could spy on my neighbor. She's a total nymphomaniac. She starts fires. No, she's a nymphomaniac. Someone who has sex on land and sea. Oh, the pains that producer Phil had to go through to find 30 <laughs> seconds that we could use on Sif Pop. <laughs> 
Invited to his first kissing party, 12-year-old Max asks his best friend Lucas and Thor for some much-needed help on how to pucker up. When they hit a dead end, Max decides to use his father's drone to spy on the teenage girls next door. When the boys lose the drone, they skip school and hatch a plan to retrieve it before Max's dad can figure out what happened. Uh, movie's Good Boys, uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg bringing us their version of what uh, entering junior high might look like. And we all should be very afraid. Uh, <laughs> what did you think? Did you like it? Dislike it? Love it? Hate it? It was just okay? I want to hear what you think first. Oh, do you? I really do. This is one of those movies, yeah. is it? Uh, I liked it. I loved it. Nice! I love this movie. It, I, it really surprised me. I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed this movie. Now, I will say it's not like a, even a hard like for me. It's just I liked it. I, yeah. you know, I have some... Uh, some things that we can talk about on the negative side, but man, this this is fun stuff. Maybe it's the fact that my theater was uproariously so laughing. Is mine. It was so very infectious, you yeah. know. Yeah, and that does have an impact. Contextually, how you see a movie absolutely has an impact. Yeah, the we environment about this, definitely plays it. We talked about this with Hobbs and Shaw last week. The fact that I saw it with friends, I think, elevated my grade on that quite yeah. a bit. Um, and I think, yeah, seeing it with a, a crowd that's really into it uh, yeah. has a big impact. And they certainly were. But there's a reason that the crowd was laughing so much. Because this movie's so funny. It's really funny. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> yeah. A comedy that makes you laugh in 2019. It, it, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that I'm, I'm so excited about a movie that made me laugh finally <laughs> right? this year. And that's the other thing all these movies have going for them is they're in 2019. And yeah. it feels like the, every weekend the, the bar just keeps lowering. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Oh, they actually got a movie out this week. Yeah. Uh, this one is funny, though. Yeah. Um, you know, I forget how funny Seth Rogen is. He's really clever. Really funny. I don't mean to put all this on him. Obviously, there's a huge team behind it. Uh, yeah. I don't even think they wrote it necessarily. Um, you know, they're just producing it. But you can feel their spirit in it. Um, I know... Uh, it was Stubnitsky who wrote it and directed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it, it's, it's one of those things where... I think the humor and the reason the humor got to me is because of another thing that I really liked about the movie, because it depends on the naivete of these three boys. That's exactly it. it the, their the, innocence. There is... are innocence and they are innocence through the entire movie. And yeah. I loved it because what you have seen other raunch type movies do yeah. is they, they think you turn it on your head by making the younger kids non-innocence yeah. right and there's a little bit of that here with the language they use those kind of things i mean they're but, 12 years old of course they're gonna swear right I'm, i mean that's just not the world i grew up in but well, i'm just i'm just saying you know that was the world i grew up in <laughs> no and i'm not doubting it <laughs> yeah but what i'm saying is that feels realistic or authentic to whatever that experience is for them yeah but it also feels very realistic and authentic that they don't get this stuff oh you yeah know? and the jokes are because they are so oblivious mm-hmm to these things that they just hasn't entered. Now, it's almost in some ways uh, that so much that it's unrealistic, which is fine with me. Like the the whole idea that they are, you know, 12-year-old boys who use this kind of language but have never seen porn on the internet, I'm just kind of going, look, I've got four boys. I know when I had those conversations with them. I know when they saw things that their friends showed them on the internet or those kind of things. So the obliviousness, interestingly enough... You were the Will Forte. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Gladly. uh, Proudly, I should say. Uh, So, But the, the obliviousness that they have is beautiful for this movie. But almost a little bit inauthentic to our our modern world, in especially considering some of the other ways they speak and some of the other things they choose to do. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it kind of does. It's just like it. Maybe it's the fact that it was written by people who grew up in our generation. Exactly, that's exactly it. So. They're putting stuff from our generation on these boys. Yeah, which works. And don't get me wrong, it's why the movie works, and I'm glad it's in there. And yeah. it actually, I actually really liked that part of it. Yeah. Uh, but there is almost that distraction of well that's not i mean today like yeah. if they're talking like that they would know these things exactly yeah um i love the fact that this movie has such low stakes yeah. that you just get to sit back and enjoy you know you're not really worried about anything and that's kind of a breath of fresh air for movies you know because if you think about like what they're the grand scheme and like everything they're doing yeah they get into some pretty crazy stuff but the overall premise of this movie is so 
unimportant to us, mm-hmm. to them, it's it's the world. It's vital. You know, everything depends on this day, you know, for them right. in their minds. <laughs> but for us, it's like, oh, that's just cute, you know, and you just get to... I don't know if you get to vicariously live through them, and you're like, oh, I remember when things so small seemed so big. You kind of long for that innocence, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that is a positive of the movie. i got to say this just real quick. The performances by these kids is great, especially Keith L. Williams. I do want to talk about, but before we move on from what you said, I think it's interesting because... Um, I actually, that is my major negative with the movie is really? that the stakes are so low. There's, there, there's just not a lot here. You know, the, the plot hmm. is very basic and not just basic. I don't mind a basic plot. Yeah. I like that part of what you're talking about that, the you know, we can just sit back and relax and not have to worry about a lot. The problem is it's also really derivative. You know, it's like, we've seen it a million times before do something that's going to get in trouble. Now we're trying not to get in trouble. So the rest of the movie is about how not to get in trouble. Like that's just, that is a very common you know derivation of a basic you know uh, plot structure i wanted a little bit more you were looking for inception out of good boys that is not what i said and you know it i i want a little bit more i don't need christopher nolan's good boys i just need the movie good boys to uh you know for the plot at least to find some way to capture me throughout that's interesting or makes me think i think that there are things that are plot uh like driving in this mm-hmm. movie that are you know that really kind of hit on like maybe divorce or you know how family relations and stuff like that or social relations even stuff like that you know play a big part in like how the kids see the world and how we would see the world you know yeah so well i'm, I'm gonna ta- push back a little bit on what you're saying you know it's just maybe it's just a personal preference of like i love the fact that there were such low stakes in this movie sure yeah so well you, you started getting into talking about the themes and the messages which i actually really like mm-hmm. um you know there's a there's a really beautiful thing that happens here with these kids and i think the performances are part of it um, and i do want to still talk about those but there's this <laughs> there's this really interesting thing that happens where this movie is about the honesty of of just because we're friends in grade school doesn't even mean we're going to be friends by the end of junior high. Oh, that was a very like, powerful scene. Like, well, it's just well, it's just such a powerful message, right? And it's the message that this movie has woven in. And I really respected that this movie was doing something meaningful-wise, you know, message-wise, because I think that's a really valuable thing for all of us to hear and remember that friendships do ebb and flow. And, you know, I have, you know, friendships that I talked about, the friends that I went and saw Hobbs and Shaw with. Those are my college friends. You know, if I think back to grade school friends, I don't even know those people anymore. I don't know anybody I went to grade school with uh, anymore. I am vaguely Mm -hmm. aware of a couple of them on Facebook, (laughs) just vaguely because they friended me or something. Yeah. Um, And I have... You know, I went once we I moved when I was in seventh grade. Those friends I'm a little more aware of. I have a group of, you know, maybe three or four that I would call, you know, good friends that I know. But at the same time, how often do I hang out with them? How often do I talk to them? The answer is I have one high school friend that I talk to occasionally. Uh, and, and that's about it. Yeah. And then college friends, I still hang out with every year, you know? So it's like, it's, it really is the fact that we change, we develop so quickly over that time that, you know, I, I don't know that I've done a great, good enough job with my boys teaching them that, that, you know, this seems like your entire world and everything to you, but it is just, this is the time when you're growing and learning who you are, not when you're developing the relationships that will be forever. Love your relationships now, invest in them, treasure them. Um, I should, I should also mention, I do have another, uh, friend from my high school years, uh, that has lasted through the years. That's my wife. Uh, so there is, that is, that is valuable to mention that I did, that I did actually, I actually met her when I was in seventh grade. So, you know, we have known each other a while and that seems to be working out just fine. Uh, but, uh, but that's a little bit of a different story. Things change, Aaron, you know, that's the message of this movie. (laughs) Uh, so anyhow, yeah, I think all that stuff was really good. But let's talk about the performances. I, I'm glad you yeah. wanted to go there because they're really great. Yeah. Especially Keith L. Williams, who plays Lucas in this movie. Mm-hmm. His undying optimism and just joy that he finds in everything in the world is like so... 
you want to live in his world where everything is just going to be okay. Yeah. He's, he was great in Last Man on Earth, and he's great here. He uh, he he was my my doppelganger. Uh, really? And I don't mean visually, obviously. <laughs> uh, but like That's, world, That was you when you were growing that up? That was me when I was growing up. Everything oh, was roses. Everything was positive. Everything was, you know... I mean, I didn't have the same vocabulary necessarily he did when yeah. I was growing up. Uh, but it You would have been a scab? <laughs> abs- uh, 100% absolutely. You would have been a scab? I would have been a scab. Oh, uh, yeah. Student Coalition Against Bullying. Thank you. Yep. Um, so, so, yeah. So, he definitely spoke to me as well. Brady yeah. Noon was great there was an aspect of uh, the thor character i would have been uh, thor yeah i wondered because there's an aspect of that character that is you know w- willing to be performative and different and that kind of thing and man there's that is the character or the personality type that is so treacherous during those years because you know you have to be out there and you're gonna get you know bullied because of it or pushed yep. back because of it so phil were you max oh did you <laughs> see this phil movie hasn't seen i haven't the movie. seen it yeah uh-huh. We're just going to say that Phil was Max. Okay, fair enough. And that this... <laughs> we are the good boys. We are the good boys. We're the beanbag boys. We're the beanbag boys. Yeah. Uh, we're the... We're the, uh, the, the, the mic crew. We're I don't the, know. The, the, pod- we're the bunker boys. The pod pals. We're the bunker boys. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Uh, so, yeah. Anyways, I do think the performances are great. Jacob Tremblay, who we haven't talked about, is the only one of these three that really has a resume yeah. as an actor. And he's doing good work here as well. Yeah. But the three of them together were just really good. Actually, this movie made me want to go home and watch Room again. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Like, that's not the first movie I should think of after seeing this movie. It makes me happy to think that maybe this is the same character from The Room, and he's just found peace. Not in... The Room. <laughs> I mean Room, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Max. Uh, never has one article changed things so much. Yeah. Uh, okay, so anything else you want to chat about? I'll talk negatives. I think that this movie gets into the vulgarity just a little too hard in some areas. Like, okay. Where I'm like, you, you kind of crossed the line there for me. For me, you know. I'm like, yeah, that thing you did right there just didn't sit well with me. And I appreciate a movie that pushes the You're boundaries. You're such a prude, man. I know. <laughs> Come on. Loosen <laughs> up. <laughs> it's true. Out no, of everybody, does, ever out of everybody in this room, room I am yeah, easily the, the most prudish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, were there moments for you where you're like, okay, come on, that that was a little too far? Well, you got to realize with where I come from and the environment that I've lived most of my life in, uh, it doesn't take much to be across that line for me, right? Like it doesn't. That's that's, that's it, what it was more of a joke for me asking once, that for you. Yeah. <laughs> once once the second f bomb is dropped, I'm like, I don't what? know this world. Where know. are we? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm talking so, about CPR aspects. No, of this no, no, movie. totally. And, yeah. and here's here's the thing: the movie is a raunch com. It, it is it is purposefully pushing those cringe boundaries. Yeah. In the area of you know sex, language, all that kind of stuff. Maybe so. it's the fact that they're so young, like they're kids. I'm like, oh man. You're too young. I don't. I don't. You're too young and innocent that I don't want you to be subject well, subjugated to good this. Good news. Yeah. It all flies right over their head in this. I movie, know it does, you know? but at the same part, it didn't fly over my head. <laughs> right. Yeah. But my, my wife. My wife saw the trailer and she's like, "These kids aren't even old enough to go see this movie." That's actually yeah. part of the. That's actually a bunch of the trailers for this movie. Yeah. Is Seth Rogen sitting these kids down? Not Max Lucas. He's actually sitting down. Trimbley and Keith and all of them. He's like. I got some bad news, guys. You can't go see the movie. But we were in it. No, I'm sorry. You can't go see it. <laughs> like, that's part, that was a, a couple of the trailers for this movie. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah, I I am with you. Uh, and I, I know you ask it jokingly, but I will I will attempt to give like a, an official answer. So for me, the fact that it, you know that I'm it is so foreign to me, it almost doesn't matter how far that needle gets buried, so to speak. I just it's it's all kind of the same. It's to fantasy. Me. It's just it's a raunch com, and that's you know you're trying to push lines and you know and that kind of stuff. And so I don't know. And and also I continue to 
tell people there's a difference between understanding this isn't how I would interact with the world. This isn't, you know, the the, uh, the kind of world I live in, all that kind of stuff and going, yeah, but that's funny. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you can still have a good sense of humor ab- about stuff and understand where the humor is. And again, thankfully, so much of the humor here is about the obliviousness, which I really do find funny because that was me. I can yeah. identify and still is occasionally me. <laughs> I can identify with that, right? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So I, I think that's uh, that's kind of where I land on, you know, how dirty yeah. it is, you know. Um, I'm going to recommend this movie. Yeah. I really am. Uh, no post-credit scene. There you go. That's your yeah. one last thing. Uh, well, I guess I'll make this my one last thing since I just mentioned how dirty it is. It's not graphically dirty. I think it's we insinuation. Should, exactly. I think we should specify that. You know, well, it's a couple things like one or two things. Very minimalistic graphic yeah. vi- or vulgarity. Yeah, I think you're. Yeah. But a lot of it's insinuation. Yeah. So I, I didn't. There was never a point where I was like. I can't believe those boys are on set for this. You know what I mean? That they have to see this or or that kind of thing. So yeah, well, yeah. It was more about what they were talking about and what was insinuated and yeah, and those kind of things. At least for me. Yeah. Um. There you go. There's good boys. Uh. I would give it a cautious recommend again. Based you have to on, know who you're recommending. Yeah. It to. Absolutely. The context of who you're recommending. Not it your to. church group. It is funny. It is funny. Yep. Uh, some church groups. I don't know. <laughs> They're, apparently, they're, they're, church they're, groups have changed. Apparently, since yes. I, since I was a young there lad, there are all types of church groups. Let's just yeah. say that. Let's just say most churches. If your youth pastor took you a uh, group of the youth group to this movie, he would be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, let's just say that. Uh, all right, uh, let's. Move but it on. said good boys. <laughs> That's right. It said good it's, boys. I knew. It had to be about dogs, right? Yeah. Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the best ever challenge this week. We're going to do best ever good movies. Yeah. Uh, this These are movies with the word good in the title. Yep. And there are some good ones. Yes, there are. So let's go uh, number five to number one. I'm going to start. Okay. Uh, because we got to talk about the good dinosaur. That's my number five. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the greatest animated movies of all time, uh, specifically because of how important the theme is in this movie. About uh, understanding family and cliques and... If you don't know the underlying inside joke, go back and listen to the Good Boy yeah, review. Yeah, our uh, Sift Pop review for that is legendary, actually. It is. It is. We it's got into the... a very heated debate about, about the what good the good dinosaur. About the good dinosaur. Of all the movies that have ever been made, uh-huh. the most we've ever argued was over the good dinosaur. It is the definition of Sift Pop, the fact that we can take the good dinosaur yeah. and have a knockdown, drag-out fight about what the theme in that movie is. Yeah. Uh, I was standing up, yelling in my you microphone. Were. You <laughs> were. Yeah, we didn't have video back back then but no. man, that would have been a good one yeah uh i do really enjoy this movie more than most uh and i do have it at number five yeah, i really uh, don't like i it. think it's uh i do think it's severely underrated uh and a lot of fun so mm-hmm. that's my number five what nice. do you got good morning vietnam i've got that on my list uh is it higher it's a little bit higher okay, so maybe we'll uh we'll wait to chat about that okay so you're number four my number four is good night and good luck that was in my honorable mentions. Yeah, so you've seen it. I was wondering if you had seen it. Um, did, did Clooney direct this one as well? Yeah, okay. yeah. This was kind of Clooney's baby, and I think he did a great job with it. It's a fantastic movie. Um, it is. Uh, it's one of those movies where I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. It felt like homework to me. It was one of those homework movies where I was like, oh, I gotta watch this. It's an awards really? contender, that kind of thing. Clooney. See, I, like I had him, the high but... expectations for it because of this cast and he was directing and just, you know, the art style of it being black and white, you know, it yeah. was like, ooh, this looks like it's gonna be one of those movies. I'm just gonna... So Clooney wrote and directed it. Uh, he wrote it too. Oh, wow. Uh, it's about the McCarthy stuff. Um, it is in black and white. Kind of gives you that that feel for the era and the time and man is it good yeah it's uh it's <laughs> it like, lived up to the name it's a nice quick watch too it's like 90 minutes um, you gotta appreciate a good quick movie yeah so this this is one that i would highly recommend um that you check out if you haven't seen it yeah good, good night and good luck yep all right what's your number four a few good men 
You're going to trump me on this one too. I'm definitely going to trump you on that one too. It's my it's my week to trump everything you say. That's fine. <laughs> I know what, I know what your number one is, and I won't trump you on I won't you know trump you on that one. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we can talk about Good Morning Vietnam then, because I have it at number three. Okay, so, great. Robin Williams. Whew. This is kind of the movie where he just kind mm. of exploded, right? Yeah. I mean, he was people were obviously aware of him, Mork and Mindy, you know, all sorts of stuff. But you know, in this movie, it was just kind of like, oh. I think it's the fact that he was able to show both sides of his, you know, acting abilities. You know, he could be, you know, whenever he's on the radio and he's doing, you know, that character, you know, he's being very loud. Right, and, it just fits you know, him so well. Yeah, but then there's also those moments where he's, you know, the the scene where I'm, that always jumps out to me is the redacted scene, you know, where he's like, I'm not allowed to tell you about this bombing and, you know, and he's, I'm mm-hmm. also not allowed, you know, you see right. the range of this guy, how he can be this amazing comedic genius, but also he has this dramatic, very, you know, subtle performance to him. I think it, it reminds me of a lot. Uh, um, Robin Williams' career in many ways reminds me a little bit of Jim Carrey's career and that they're both these very, physical extreme you yeah. know kind of comedic actors and they both found their way into dramas and this good morning vietnam to me is kind of like carrie's liar liar uh in that it was really the first time i saw jim carrey actually dial it down to where he you know felt human and interesting but it also the plot of the movie played directly into his ability to be crazy yeah you know the, this pin is blue scene i think of and, and <laughs> this those pin kind of- is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so in Robin Williams really has that here as well, where he has times where he can dial it down and be human. But then the radio part allows him to still be zany, crazy Robin Williams. Exactly. And it's kind of a transitional time in their careers. Now, of course, the difference is Jim Carrey didn't win his Oscar, you know, for the dramatic roles that he did. And I still can't believe he didn't win for um, Man on the Moon. Man on the Moon uh, yeah. kind of blows my mind. But yeah, uh, but I do think their careers are, are kind of similar in that way. But this is this is a good one. Good morning, Vietnam. Is a definitely a good one. Barry yeah. Levinson film. Yeah. Uh, good one to watch. Number three for me. Yeah. What's your number three? Goodfellas. Yep. It's in my honorable mentions. Yeah. People I know, know you don't like it. People know. I know. I, I, it's, well, it's you don't extreme. like mob movies. I, it's, personally, mob movies are hard for me Glorification to enjoy. Um, and there's something about Goodfellas and, you know, some of the others that it's just, it's difficult for me to go, I like that movie. Have I ever told you I why? I respect it. Have I ever told you why I like mob movies? Go for it. Because I, uh, I don't look at them as the glorification of this lifestyle. I look at them as the cautionary tale. Because at the end of every single mob movie, they all get their comeuppance. Every single mob movie has them get the comeuppance at the end. So it's more along the lines of... These are just a bunch of... It's the tale of Icarus. I look at every single mom movie as a tale of Icarus. Sure. You know, they, they flew too close to the sun. They wanted too much. You know, something like that. I think and, you can tell in Scorsese movies especially how much he loves that lifestyle. I think there's just such an energy to it and a vibrancy to it that even when there's comeuppance, it feels like it was worth it. You know, like it I was, never got it was worth. Well, I thought that's that, what it feels like when I watch mm. uh, when I watch uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I should say when I watched, I watched it once. I had the same thing, and I'm just like, I think it's a Scorsese thing. He just gets he gets too into the vibrancy of rule breaking and law breaking, and you know, I don't know. It's just, there's a really interesting thing with him that's uh, hard for me to put my finger on. I can get with Wolf of Wall Street. That's not really a mob movie, but I mean, it is but a glorification get, of that lifestyle. But they get their comeuppance. Yeah. You know, they still get their comeuppance. Yeah, but whenever I think of mob movies, I like think of Casino, and I'm like, yeah, was it worth getting beaten to death with a baseball bat in a cornfield with your brother and buried alive? No, it wasn't. <laughs> Spoilers. So, I'm sorry I spoiled a movie that came out in the 90s. <laughs> you don't have to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I Yeah. I think we're just going to have to d- agree to disagree. But, but I, I can understand say, what you're saying. I get it. I, I think part of it is I don't like what it does to me. Like, I don't like that I am identifying and going, oh, that's cool, so cool. Or, you know, oh, that's that looks so fun. You know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. what he's doing is working. Is what I'm saying, and I don't like that. I don't like that I feel that oh, way. Oh, I never. That's interesting because yeah. whenever I watch those movies, I don't go, "Oh, that's so cool." I'm always watching this, like, "Oh, that's gonna come back to bite you." Interesting. Oh, that's gonna get you. I maybe it's just a perspective thing. I don't know. Exactly. But I, yeah. I can. I can still say 
Goodfellas is an incredibly well made and performed well movie. Like I get Goodfellas is technically a great movie. I'm talking about periphery stuff that enters into it for me and the reason. I mean, it was in my honorable mentions. I recognize its quality for sure. Sure. Okay. So your number two? My number two is Goodwill Hunting. Ditto. Yeah. I Wait. That. So how did you trump me on two things? Oh, so one was your number I one. I still then. have a number one yeah, left. Okay. Yeah. No, Goodwill Hunting is my number two Speaking as well. Speaking of Robin Williams. Yeah. Making his way at my number three and my number two. Man. Uh, this was the one that eventually would win him awards and those kind of things. I guess he did. Actually, I think he won a Golden Globe for Good Morning Vietnam, but yeah. uh, not an Oscar. Uh, great performance by him. Incredible story of Ben and uh, and Matt. Writing this movie, getting it produced somehow, getting it made, and uh, getting Robin Williams, and getting Robin Williams. Yeah, this is this is an incredible film. Yeah, uh, and it's not your see. fault, Andrew. It's, it's not your fault. I know. Yeah, okay, I know. all right. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what he says. He's like, no, I know, and he just keeps saying, it's not your fault. Yeah, I know. It's not your fault. Oh man, is that one of the most powerful scenes in film history? Sure, sure. I, I think, think it might be. Yeah, I think you could put it on that list. Yeah. Maybe, you know, make that list at about 100. For sure it's in there. Uh, 50, maybe it's in there. You know, there's a lot of powerful emotional scenes in the history of film, but it, this yeah. is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Man, performances all around, you know. Because you got to think, not only did they write this movie, and maybe it was the fact that that they wrote it, that they understood these characters so much, but it's like, man, these guys just... What a way to let the world know who you are. Right. So, what a yeah. great, great movie. Good stuff. All right. So, your number one is obviously yeah. Few Good Men. Few Good Men it is. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. You can't handle you, you the can't truth. You can't handle the truth, Aaron. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> you need me up on that wall. You know, what? one thing about this movie that I love uh or that that i guess i should say i love but i think others need to recognize more it's not just the courtroom scene it's not just the you need me on that wall you can't handle the truth scene this entire movie is crafted so well there's so much great dialogue through this movie um aaron sorkin's a genius he just is the way he crafts the way people say things is just one of my favorite things it's fascinating but it's not realistic that's fine you mean sorkin in general yeah, yeah, like no, the way totally. the way people speak in Sorkin movies. Totally, agree. I don't know of a single person who speaks like I that. I mean, other than us, you know, we're sure. we're obviously that eloquent and humorous. <laughs> if and it wasn't for this table and these mics, we would be walking and talking. That's right. We would the whole podcast would be a walk and talk yeah. for sure. Um, but you know, he does fascinating things in this movie with, like you said, it's not all just a courtroom scene. There's a scene where um, Cruz is like interviewing Kevin Bacon and uh, Jack Nicholson. You know, on in Cuba, you know, he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we love the Navy. We, you guys give us a ride wherever we need to go. You know, <laughs> that that demeaning, like yeah. they're talking down to him because they sure. think, yeah. yeah. But I think this movie is pushed to the next level because of the court. Rob scene. Reiner directed this. Yes, movie. he did. It's so great. This um, is this. No, it's not. This was like in that era where Reiner could do no wrong. He was making he did some have of the, that that you know streak where it was yeah. just like he'd made nothing but good movies. Yeah, this is Spinal Tap, Few Good Men, Princess Bride. I mean, I'm listing some of the greatest movies of all time. And they're so different, and that's yes. I love it when a director can. It's one of my favorite things. And you know, I, I I know I'm a Chazelle head, but that's one of the things I love about his the beginning of his career too is how different things feel, but they all feel like his. You know, and yeah. so I love it when a director can do, you know, just kind of all that great stuff. So here's Reiner's streak. You ready for this? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned this is Spinal Tap. Then he had a movie called The Sure Thing. But then he had Stand By Me. Yeah. The Princess Bride. Yeah. When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Misery. Yeah. A Few Good Men. And then North brought brought the streak to an end. But uh, I actually kind of enjoyed North, you know, more than most people do. It's fine. Um, I would have ended it at Misery, but uh. Oh, wait, no, no, Before wait. Before A Few Good Men? Oh, wait, I thought it was, I thought you said Misery was like the second to last one. It was, yeah. So when Stand By Me, Princess Bride, when Harry Met Sally, Misery is fine. It's, I don't think it stands with, with the other Ooh. four, but then A Few Good Men. I'll fight you on. I'll oh, fight you love you. Misery? I love Misery. Why did you say you would end it with Misery then? Because I thought, uh, I thought A Few Good Men was before Misery. Oh, I see. I thought that Misery and then North no, no, no. Misery, so, A Few Good Men, and then North. So I would have ended it at A Few Good Men then. And then really since then, 
I mean, the bucket list was okay. Um, no, he's he's had a r- but he's, rough time. Yeah, he's of had it. a rough time of that since. I mean, American President was was good, uh, but that was even just after North. So yeah. yeah, it's it's been an interesting ride for him. But so. Few Good Men is a fantastic movie. Yeah, man, so good. I really enjoy it. One thing I, I learned recently is. Uh, I heard Kevin Bacon talking about shooting the scene where um, Jack is doing the, that whole thing in the courtroom, right? Mm-hmm. And when they shoot scenes, they shoot them from a couple angles. They'll run them from in front, and then they'll run them from oh, behind. Oh, yeah, your close-ups, your wides. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they run Jack Nicholson's close-ups, and he is just delivering it. And then most actors, once they run the other angle... They're they'll, just reading off their the, script. Yeah, they'll, they'll dial it back a little bit because it's more about the other end. Kevin Bacon said with Jack Nicholson, every single take, no matter where the camera was, he was that dialed in and nailed it in that way. And I just, I love hearing stories like that oh, where yeah. actors take it to the next level and you're like, oh, love that work ethic, love that idea. Well, whenever I was, uh, whenever I made a few movies, uh, I didn't know that. So it was weird for me being on set and then seeing that stuff because... I was like, well, aren't they not going to be picking up like the inflections and stuff? Like, no, they're they're not using that out again. I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah. But then there were people who were, you know, off camera reading off the script who were giving it their all just so that the person who was on camera actually had something to, you know, yeah. you know, fight back on. Or, well, you know. and I don't think he was saying that most of the time actors like completely dial it down and just read it off a page. I think they're what not he was saying you can role. tell. Yeah, you can tell there's a slight change when they know they're not on their close up. And he said yeah. there was no change with Jack Nicholson. So yeah, I loved that story. Anyways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I know you're number one, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I was going to say good burger, but okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think it was my number one last it week, was. too. It's two weeks in a row. So, yeah, I, everything I said about it is still holds. And guess what? Someday when we do bad movies, yeah. it'll also be your number yeah. one. And ugly movies. <laughs> and ugly movies, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, greatest movie of all time. That's all I'm going to say. Very nice. Yeah, we talked about it a while last time. Yeah. Um, eventually, I should see it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, how about this? Uh, for next week, your number one movie of all time is Singing in the Rain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will see Singing in the Rain. You haven't if you seen will... Singing in the Rain? Yeah, I haven't. Uh, so I will see Singing in the Rain if you watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I've seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I was just teasing. Oh. <laughs> but I, wait, no, no, no. I mean, yes, if you'll watch Singing in the Rain, I'll watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Honorable um, mentions. Honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, I just have a couple more. <laughs> I did say Good Burger. <laughs> did you? Yeah. I actually uh, don't know that I've seen Good Burger. It's a stupid movie, but it's just fun. <laughs> uh, I think you have to mention, speaking of Jack Nicholson, as good as it gets. Yeah. Um, I'm not up on that movie as much as everybody else. Uh, good Day to Die Hard. <laughs> Again, I'm not up on that movie. <laughs> the Good Son. Good Son. Uh, Long Kiss Good Night. Think is worth mentioning. Good night and good luck, but you mentioned that. I did. Have you seen Good Time? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. It's a movie that has uh what's his name from uh Isn't there a TV show called Good Times? I think there was. Uh what's his name from Twilight? Uh Robert Pattinson? Robert Pattinson. It's a Robert Pattinson movie that is very interesting. Hmm. Like it's one of those movies you're like, oh, so you can act. Okay, interesting. It's a simple movie about a guy trying to save his brother from, you know, going to jail. And the it kind of reminded me of Run, Lola, Run. Did you ever oh, see that movie? Oh, yeah. I love Run, Lola, Run. Except it's not as musical, you know, hmm. driven as. But it's about, you know, what will you do, you know, to help save somebody. It's a good movie. Very it's nice. not a phenomenal movie. That's why it's only in honorable mentions. But, yeah. Uh, the only other one I had was The Good Lie. Uh, which is Reese I have not seen that one, and I really enjoyed it. You know, um, I've heard that it's actually better than what a lot of people expected I, it to be. I, I think, I think it is. I yeah. think it's one of those award season movies that just got completely buried by all the other movies. And, yeah. um, but I, I enjoyed it. I think it's good. Speaking of Reese Witherspoon, yeah. did you finish uh, Big Little Lies? I did. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so good. Um, all right. Uh, let's. Well, before we move on to the Sift Quest, yes, we got to talk about the Patreon. Um, let's and talk about, 
Yeah, let's do a little uh, combined membership explanation and giveaway. Yeah. We're going to be giving away these Jordan Peele Blu-rays, a two-pack to three different people. Now, we are pulling the names. I should say have pulled the names. I've already done this. Uh, from a combination of members of Sifpop, so anybody that's supporting Sifpop on a monthly basis, uh, and people who have sent in any Sift quests yes. uh, in the last month or so. Uh, so I put all those into a digital hat and had a random number generator pull out uh, three of them, and we will be awarding these to them. Uh, I will say before we award them, thank you so much to all our Pop members. You are amazing. Yes. Uh, we try to put some fun perks there for you, just kind of as a thank you for how you keep this podcast moving uh, and going, and all that happens at Patreon, patreon.com slash Pop. Uh, there's bonus episodes pretty much every week. We'll do a bonus episode for our members. Uh, and again, we'll just chat about a topic or related topic for a few minutes uh, each week. And you have your own podcast feed for that. We do monthly hangouts at certain levels. Lots of different fun stuff. You can check it all out at patreon.com slash siftpop. All right, here you go. Winning. Number one. Number one, Jordan Peele two-pack of Blu-rays is... Sam Nolan. Woo! Oh, really? That's awesome. I know. Uh, Sam just uh, started supporting last week. Yeah. And uh, ends up winning this two-pack. So thank you, Sam. Good job, Sam. Uh, number two? Number two is Caleb Bunn. What? Uh, Caleb's been a big supporter of uh, Sif Pop no. and its related materials for a long time. Caleb's Thank you, an Caleb. MVP. Yeah. Uh, you're all MVPs. You're all the real MVPs. Uh, and number three, Jessica Brown. Jessica Brown. Is the third winner. Nice. Uh, and in case you were wondering. Thanks, Jessica. You, the random number generator uh, that you, the, the random numbers it picked were 6, 43, and 31. So that's what uh, yeah. what those related. I to. was actually kind of worried that it was going to pick me because I actually do support <laughs> on Patreon. Well, you know what would have happened if it did, Andrew? You wouldn't have picked. I me. would not have given them to you. I would have drawn again. Well, good because I already <laughs> Just have. So you know. Uh, so congratulations! <laughs> I will be sending a message to you guys to get your addresses, and I will get those in the mail as soon as I can, or probably more appropriately said, as soon as I feel like it. Uh, all right. Congratulations, everybody. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously, congratulations and. And again, thank you. We do appreciate you. Yes. Uh, all right. Sift Quest this week comes to us uh, from Anonymous. Wanted to remain anonymous, but it came mm -hmm. through the email um, and says, Hi, Aaron and Andrew. I have a Hello. Sift Quest for both of you. I was rewatching Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban and thought how wild it would be to see Alfonso Cuaron tackle a horror movie. What are some out-of-the-box genres you'd like to see your favorite directors take on? <laughs> and thank you. So we are going to assign our favorite director directors a genre yeah uh why don't you by start the way great great sift quest yeah thank you anonymous yeah um i'm gonna go christopher nolan i have nolan too horror no mm. i think no i think memento is a horror movie i don't think i think memento is more like a thr not a thriller even i think it's just a mind bender okay well, all his movies are mind benders. Yeah, that's exactly. But I don't see him do. I want to see him do a straight up horror movie, like Psycho Killer. Kind I'm talking of thing. like Pennywise. I'm talking like mm -hmm. craziness because he's done. It'd be cool to see him do like a fantasy movie, but that's just not really out of the box for him. I don't yeah. think. But what do you have him do? Well, it's funny because I have somebody I wanted to assign a psycho thriller, and then I have Christopher Nolan assign something else. Which do you want me to do? I want to hear what you have Nolan doing. Uh, I have Christopher Nolan doing a rom-com. <laughs> I want to see what a Christopher Nolan romantic comedy looks like. I want to see... <laughs> I love you, boah. He's meat cute. Has yeah. a lot of boahs. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's the thing. I'm kind of... Mm, I'm not tired. I really liked About Time. But the, Richard Curtis does this. Richard Curtis has a way of uh, doing romantic comedies that have kind of an interesting, you know... Um, concept to them most recently um the uh what was the uh boy totally they don't exist anymore uh why can't i think of the name of the movie 
They the, don't exist the anymore. The guy wakes up, the band doesn't exist anymore, and he plays the Beatles yesterday. Oh. <laughs> oh boy, that took way too long to get to. It was almost like the Beatles didn't exist anymore there yeah, for exactly. a second. <laughs> yeah. uh, so yesterday was Richard Curtis uh, wrote that. So it's got this interesting you know, concept to it. Um, and yet it's a romantic comedy in a lot of ways, but I think, but I don't like, I haven't really seen it done extremely well, uh, in that way. And in honestly, the truth of the matter is, um, who, who's the guy that writes all the stupid, like the notebook, I mean, shouldn't say the notebook is stupid, but like something green, right? Um, I can't, this is just Aaron forget stuff uh, moment on the show. Anyways, his always have this kind of twist to them as well. Yeah. And it's like, I want to see somebody do that well. I want to see Christopher Nolan do a rom-com that makes me feel that I want this couple to get together and I'm excited about that and also plays with my brain. You know what I'm saying? I want kind of that twisty rom-com kind of thing. Go see Lucky Number 11. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so that's what I said. What, do you, what else do you got? I got Paul Thomas Anderson. I want him to do a Marvel movie. Mm, PTA Marvel movie. I want a PTA Marvel movie. I'm down movie. with this. I think that would be phenomenal. Especially, I want him to do the new uh, Doctor Strange movie. Mm. Can you imagine a PTA Doctor Strange horror movie? Yeah. I, I it mean, just sounds amazing. I mean, no. <laughs> yes, it does. No, I mean, it sounds amazing, but no, I can't imagine it. Uh, only only PTA could imagine it. Exactly. I mean, again, some would say it was, Phantom Thread is a bit of a horror movie. Yeah. I. Uh, it was between <laughs> or There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Phantom Thread is like its own genre. Phantom Thread is like uh, rom horror. Or rom horror. Yeah. Uh, you have to say Romantic all of the horror, horror doesn't work very well. Rom horror is a totally different genre. Yeah. Rom horror yeah that's why i say horror yeah no i didn't like a pirate yeah <laughs> uh so yeah um i think uh, i think that could be fascinating it was either him or um uh what's his name who did black swan i can't pronounce his last name sometimes uh aronofsky, you know, aronofsky yeah yeah, yeah I, it was either him or aronofsky to do a marvel movie but i i landed on pta very nice because he's had a better record i think the person I want to do a psycho thriller is Damien Chazelle. I want to see his like dark psycho thriller, and I say it for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, uh, oh Chazelle, I was thinking Villeneuve for some um, reason. No Chazelle. I when you watch First Man, uh, and I've been talking with uh, Jeremy from Cinemasins uh, about this. He calls it a horror movie. First Man, in many ways, is kind of a horror movie. It's shot, you know, very up close. It's supposed to make you tense. Uh, and I would love to see him actually work within that genre yeah. in that way. So that'd be, that'd I be mean, I could see him doing it just because uh, Whiplash is so close to being a horror movie. It's a thriller, you know. It's you know because J.K. Simmons' character is so terrifying, but um, it's also I could see him doing that, and I think he would do a really good job with it. Yeah, yeah. Nicholas Sparks, by the way, is the guy that I'm talking about that wrote like the Notebook, notebook and, and all those like other. That. Romantic movies with a twist. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to go James Cameron. Ooh, what do you want Jimmy to do? I want him to do an indie movie. <laughs> I want him to have a fixed budget, fixed small budget. I want him to... I want a, you mean like the old days? I want to see James Cameron do Moon. You know, yeah. I want him to do well, something that like Terminator, that. Terminator, right? Like the original Terminator. Yeah. I want him to go back to that. I don't want him to keep breaking the box office record for every single movie he does get, or the world record. I get what you're saying. I think I totally disagree. Really? I like that Jim Cameron has all the money in the world and is is like this mad scientist who is waiting for it to be, keeps pushing back his movies because technology hasn't quite caught up to yeah. what his brain wants to do. I kind of like that Jim Cameron. So. Uh, yeah. uh, but I think it'd be I think it'd be nice to you know he can just do one more for me you know do one <laughs> more and then, and then you can go back to you know spending billions on movies Very do you have nice. any more I do have one more I do too uh, Ryan Coogler mm. I want Ryan Coogler to do a musical I think he would nail right. a musical I th- I would be so excited and I and I kind of want it to be um, a hip hop musical. Uh, like a modern rap, you know, hip hop kind of musical thing. Like I just, I think he would. You kill. want Ryan Coogler to do Hamilton? I was just, I was just thinking that. Yeah. Um, would be very, very interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that could be fun. I love musicals, and I would love to see what he did with it. Nice. My final one is Tim Burton. 
and I want him to stop making movies. <laughs> I want him to make Dumbo again, but yeah. do it good. Yeah. Ooh, savage burn. <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you for that Sift Quest. Uh, you can get your Sift Quest into us via email, feedback at siftpop.com, or just DM me on Twitter if you want to do it that way. Both work. Uh, we're down to the buried treasure. Yeah. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know exist? Dig it up. I finally saw a movie that you... Ch- Sorry. That you championed so hard last year. Oh, okay. And you were so right. This oh, movie is phenomenal. Easily one of my favorite movies of last year. Blind Spotting. Yeah. Oh, everybody's my. coming on the Blind Spotting train. Oh, my gosh. This movie is so good. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's not my favorite movie of last year, but it easily cracked my top five. Yeah. There's there's a couple scenes in this movie that I'm just, I get chills thinking about. One is a, uh, a, 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 I guess you can say a, a, a rap, like a word slam at the mm-hmm. end of this movie. Yeah. And the other is a case of misidentification. Mm-hmm. Turned on its head. Yep. Oh man, this movie is so good. And there this is a powerful movie. And I just, I always keep saying, like, there are scenes in this movie that, on paper, sh- just should not work. They should never work. Yeah. The way that what they're having the actor do, the way they're having them say it, just shouldn't work. And somehow, not only does it work, it works phenomenally. Yeah. Um, and again, there's that Hamilton connection. You know, yeah. you're looking at David uh, Diggs uh, doing some incredible work here. Uh, I just, yeah, blind, get on the blind spotting train. It's it's really uh, unfortunate, but it feels like when it comes to 2008 movie, 18 movies, it's like with this movie, people can't quite see it. Like it's like they're, they're yeah. looking, and it's like it, maybe it's just in their periphery vision. Some it's just like a what would you call that? Um, it's like a blind spot uh, for them. Yeah, uh, in their and they're looking at 2018 movies. Exactly. <laughs> um, My favorite thing is making producer Phil just shake his head like, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm glad you saw it, man. I'm oh, glad yeah. you enjoyed it. There's a scene uh, in a cemetery uh, where afterwards I actually had to pause the movie because of what I saw. I'm like, man, I just got to take a moment. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's I cannot stuff. recommend this movie enough. Yay! I like when so people finally you. see great movies. Yeah. Um, mine's not a movie at all. Not my, at all? My Buried Treasure is a new comedy special. Is it a reality show? No. Uh, well, I guess kind of. There are comedy specials, reality shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Gaffigan's new special just came out on Amazon Prime oh. uh, called Quality Time. I've always been a huge Gaffigan fan. Oh, yeah. uh, I think he's still hilarious. <laughs> are you excited about his movie coming out this year? <laughs> What's his movie? I don't know anything he about it. He has a suspense thriller coming out this Jim year. Jim Gaffigan does? Yes. How did I miss this? I know. It's crazy. Like, I saw the trailer for it, and I'm like, I'm waiting for the funny. And the funny never came. And I'm like, oh, oh, so he's actually doing... a Jordan Peele thing? Yeah. No, he's totally doing, like, this crazy suspense movie. Like, No, I just Gaffigan. mean because when Jordan Peele made Get yeah, Out, Get out people were like, like, okay, where's, where's the funny? Where's the funny? Where's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. But this comedy special, it's on Amazon Prime? Yeah, Amazon Prime got it. Wow. And uh, there's about 15 minutes of material on horses, uh, and it's some of the funniest things I've ever <laughs> seen or heard. Like, Gaffigan has this way... Of he does this beautiful stand-up thing that just only a few have mastered to this degree. Where oh, he's ev- a pale fella. Where it's super observational, and yet you can't imagine anybody else saying it. Uh, and I just I I really love some of the stuff he does. So I think that you know we've been um, programmed to understand or to have an idea of what he's doing. So is this a movie I'm thinking of? Oh, you're looking up the Gaffigan yeah. horror movie or thriller movie or whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. By the way, the special is called Quality Time, although if you load up your Amazon Prime, uh, it should just be there in the things like they have included with Prime section or whatever. I find Amazon Prime really difficult to navigate. As far as like the, the UI navigation game, Netflix uh, like is head and shoulders above everybody else in this game, which makes sense because they've been doing it the longest, but... Every, every time I log into Hulu or Amazon Prime, I'm like, man, this is just a nightmare to navigate through compared to Netflix. So, did you figure it out? Did you find it? Uh, I think it's this one right here. What's it called? Uh, no, it's not that one. Dang it. I'm sorry. All right. Well, no, no worries. We'll, we'll but this f- is going to be one of those things where if I don't find it, I'm just going to go crazy now. Is It's about Jim Gaffigan driving around this drug dealer and he ends up stealing his kid. Uh, American Dreamer. American Dreamer? Yes, that's ex- that's exactly what it is. Where is it? I can't find it on IMDb. 
Um, it's coming out next month. It is so not showing up on IMDb at all. No, I take take that back. Uh, there it is. Yeah, next yeah. month. A down-on-his-luck hail driver, kind of like Uber, uh, who wants to make some extra cash uh, chauffeuring a low-level drug dealer around town, finds himself in a serious financial bind as he decides to kidnap the drug dealer's child. Ooh, so when you said Gaffigan, you meant as an actor. I was thinking like as like a writer-director kind of thing. No, no, he's directing it, or acting in it, acting in it, yeah. So, American Dreamer. Yes. <clears throat> Very nice. Well, that's like a future buried treasure for you then. Yes, it looks so good. But for now, you can go see his uh, stand-up special and laugh at it. Which on, I'm uh, going to do. Quality time is what it's called. Well, we did it, man. Yeah. Despite all efforts to the contrary, a podcast has taken place today. Every single week they and, try and stop us, and but they fail. They cannot keep the bunker boys down. No. <laughs> we get back up again. It's true. Yeah. <clears throat> We're bunker thumping. <laughs> Nothing you've ever said has sounded more wrong than bunker thumping. Thanks so much for joining us today. For Sim oh Pop, it is part gosh. of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or just search for Studio DNA in your podcast player. You say thanks to Andrew for hanging out again. Hashtag bunker thumper. <laughs> Hashtag the Bunker Boys. That works a little bit better. Uh, huge thanks to Phil for producing the show. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate that very, very much. Uh, and by the way, he produces the live video show as well. So mm-hmm. if you want to uh, check it's it, an audio podcast, Aaron. It is, but if you want to go see what it looks like when this audio podcast is recorded, uh, then you can go to YouTube and just look at that. Look at that YouTube right there. You can just go look at that YouTube. Uh, so we appreciate that. Thank you, Phil, for doing that. Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. That support starts at three bucks a month, and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks, including a monthly video hangout. You can find out more at patreon.com slash Uh Lots of ways to connect with us. Uh, you can comment, rate, uh, leave a review at iTunes, or I should say Apple Podcasts now. Uh, we've been loving the shout-out to uh, the Vanilla mm-hmm. review that has been happening at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for doing oh, that. Oh, we didn't do the Vanilla Chronicles today, did we? The vanilla. What are the Vanilla Chronicles? Remember we were supposed to read uh, all the new oh, reviews? There, there weren't any new oh, okay. uh, Vanilla reviews. So, uh, But if you want to do one, you can go to Apple Podcasts and do it. Yeah. Uh, you can also email us any questions you have for SiftQuest or anything you want to uh, ask us to feedback at SiftPop.com or tell us for that matter. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too, so make sure you let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than crossing five lanes of expressway traffic on foot. Uh, We're going to do a few spoilers for Good Boys up next in your podcast feed, and then we'll be back next week with some thoughts, I'm going to say, on Angel Has Fallen. That seems like the big one. We'll put up another another poll. Um, Kill me now. I told you I put up a poll, and people did pick Good Boys. I'm glad they did. Yeah, it was pretty... uh, pretty far and away the choice so we'll put up another poll on twitter you can uh, vote on that but angel has fallen seems to be the big release next week we'll see you then